This episode of Super Pulp Science is brought to you by Hologram Hunter by me, Scott A. Ford. Check it out now on Kickstarter. Attention, citizens. It's time for Super Pulp Science. This is Super Pulp Science, where we talk about how genre gets made. I am here with my long-suffering co-host, Justin Curry, known the world over as Chasing Artwork. I am GMB Kamichek, and in our virtual studio today, we have Scott A. Ford. That's right. Illustrator, writer, inventor, um, and middle initial holder. I realize I don't <laughs> know what the A stands for. As a GMB Kamichek, people's initials are of great... That's right. Um... Well, I'll spill the beans if you spill the beans on your initials. Okay, so um, it's Gregory Michael Burton Kamichuk. Wow. Uh, Scott Austin Ford. Austin. Mm, yeah. I know. You know Which that is, is my uh, great-grandfather's first name. Okay. Well, as long as we're, we're deeply sharing, Burton is my <laughs> maiden name, so I can never use that as any kind of password-related thing. Gotcha. Right? Uh, and Michael is my... Uh, grandfather's first name and my father my first name is my father's middle name and that's kind of like a naming convention along the way right and, and this has been the family tree sharing hour yeah <laughs> so if you're keeping track of password stuff uh dear listener uh, <laughs> yeah. change all those yeah. for obvious reasons yeah uh scott yes you're embarking on a great adventure right now i guess i guess so why is, is that how we're phrasing it? I think so. So for the dear listener's sake, who's wondering why have we brought Scott onto the podcast, if you are a longtime listener, you know Scott A. Ford from such wonderful hits like Arkland and mm -hmm. a episode where he came and hinted at a project called Hologram Hunters that he's been doing for a while. That's right. I wonder what the next steps would be. And we are here to learn about the next steps of this really cool Anna Glyph graphic novel project written and illustrated by Scott A. Ford. First of all, what's an anaglyph? Yeah, that's and, a weird word. And how do you yeah. fit it into a graphic novel? And what are you thinking? How dare you? How dare I? Uh, yeah. So Hologram Hunter is it's a it, it's a sci-fi adventure one-off graphic novel. Half the book is 2D illustration, sort of traditional illustration, and then the other half of the book is anaglyph 3d and anaglyph is like old school retro blue and red glasses 3d that pops out of the page when you look at it with blue and red glasses um yeah so that's so I, the, I wanted that's to ask like because that's like that's a deep cut like there's not a whole lot of anaglyph 3d like stuff out there anymore but sure growing up that was i like every magazine had some kind of yeah it came with the 3d glasses that were in the magazine had a spread of dinosaurs or yeah creatures or whatever. like it was it was a big thing so like is there was there a book or an experience as like in your youth that made you really like in love with this technology like why why anaglyph um honestly uh no this is uh, i'd like I was not thinking of like a nostalgia grab when I first like thought of this idea and was starting to plan it. I, it's funny that I, the more and more that I hear other people describe 
my project to me as like, oh, cool, you're doing like a retro thing. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I am. I didn't even think of it that way. And so I started describing it as this retro thing. But when I started out, I was just like, hey, look at this cool thing. Like, <laughs> like it's, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited about it as if it's new technology. Um, like so I'm like mar marveling at color television. Um, it's accidental retrofuturism. I sure, yeah, that's a mouthful. Um, I'll put that on the back of the book. Don't no, yes. that people will just walk away. What they should, <laughs> what you should put on the back of the book is that um, you're exceptionally good at illustrating, and that Thank I've you. seen some of these. Uh, well, you shouldn't put this on the back, but for the dear listeners' sake, I've seen many of these test pages. I've seen how they work. It's incredible. Um, you're reading along in the comic, and then all of a sudden, you can put the glasses on, and you can see this uh, paradigm shift of the character into a world of their, I guess, augmented reality around them. Or you'll explain yeah. more how that story works. But to me, that's what it felt like. And that was so cool. Before the story, could you just briefly for the, the listeners explain how Anaglyph works with the glasses and the image? Like uh, yeah. So, oh, I, like, I'll, I'll try to explain this as concisely as I can. So you put on 3D glasses where one lens is blue tinted, one lens is red tinted. And the image is kind of uh, spliced between a red layer and a blue layer. So and I see different, both eyes yeah, are seeing a different image. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, it, it's almost forcing you, it's, it's almost forcing you in kind of a cross-eyed state or, or, or because one eye can only see the red image and one eye can only see the blue image. And by merging those together, uh you can see perspective and you can see uh it, it's creating a sort of illusion of perspective of angles and depth um and how whether something what's that a fourth scary like stereoscopic kind of effect yeah creates yeah hurt. we keep saying forced as if yeah. like you won't like it but you'll really like it <laughs> yeah look at it look at it <laughs> And the so when when you're building this, the yeah. red image and the blue image are those the same image, just in different colors? Are they different, um, like slightly different angles of the? Set? Yeah. So so they're slightly I so all the three D art in this book, or or most of the three D art in this book, is actually made in a three D program. So I use uh, SketchUp, three uh, D software, um, to yeah design these sets and design these characters. And, and build out a fully a full virtual 3D space uh, for these scenes. And I will take a screenshot of the scene and then I will shift the camera ever so slightly to the left or the right and take another screenshot. And that creates the two images for your left and right eye. Turn each of those screenshots into blue image and red image respectively using RGB channels. Um, and then they overlay and it just kind of works. And that was kind of, you know, we were talking about like, what was my inspiration? What, you know, did I grow up looking at 3D books or art as a kid that kind of sparked this? But really it was, um, it was actually a friend, uh, 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 an old colleague, uh, art friend of mine uh, by the name of uh, Andrew Lodwick. Uh, who I worked, uh, I, I did some comic work collaborating with, um, uh, doing some comic pages, coloring some of his comic pages a while back. But uh, he uh, had this art show at Martha Street Studio 
Um, and uh, he did this, uh, I think it was screen printing. I'm actually not 100% you know, sure. It was, it was a traditional printmaking of some kind. He did an illustration that was uh, anaglyph 3D that he uh, just illustrated himself, uh, you know, separating these layers sort of manually um, um, through drawing. And it was the first time I had seen somebody just an independent artist do this. And, and so at that point, I didn't know that you could just make this. And so that was, and I chatted with him about it and he's just like, oh yeah, I just, you know, I just made one layer red and one layer blue. And, 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 and screen, Martha's Studios, that's a screen printed. He's printed the red and blue. As I, they, do, the they do screen printing as well as other types of uh, traditional printing. Okay, I don't think you want to see this. Mike, everybody is assuming that this was a shark attack. No, I want to make okay, sure. Right. It's just two colors of ink on a 2D surface, like a page. Yeah. Your brain interprets like a hologram and therefore yeah. hologram yeah. hunter, right? It's yeah. so cool because it's so high, yeah. but it feels so futuristic at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was really just this kind of sudden and fairly recent discovery of I didn't know you could just make this. I thought you needed very special software or or something like that to make these kinds of images. So learning from Andrew and then uh, um, just experimenting on my own after that point, um, uh, realizing like you could do all kinds of stuff with this technology and just trying all different experimentations of how far you separate the layers, what the differences between the two layers, um, using transparencies over top of the layers, just just really doing all kinds of experimentation um, for a while without any real goal in mind. And then eventually having this idea for this sci-fi universe where this character has to go from the real world into the cyber world um, in kind of like a, a matrix or, or, or Digimon kind of way um, and, and building this narrative around uh, the, the 3D effect as, as a part of the story and not just a, a stylistic choice, um, eventually led me to this book that uh, I started in 2020 and chatted with you about on the last time I was on here. So I think it bears pointing out um, that Scott, for, to the dear listener, Scott Ford is what I think about as a comics experimentalist. And to qualify that, I wanna say, and you can speak about any of these projects as more if you'd like, but mm -hmm. Giant Swell is an experimental comic you did that unfolds into this huge image yep. that you literally 40 fall feet. down. It's 40 feet long. 20 feet. 20 feet? Two 20 feet. feet. Yeah. yeah. You can cut that in half. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's so immersive, literally immersive as you unfold it in order yeah. to um, I forget how you pronounce it, but it's like Osimo. Osimo. Oh, Cosimoso. Oh, Cosimoso, this tiny little comic about a tiny little character, yeah. which was so also very um, meta in its physical structure. So yeah. cool. Then with um, Arkland, you did uh -huh. digital illustrations, which you printed out and physically inked before yep. you went back into it, which is a whole experiment in comics making. And now with Hologram Hunter, building 3D environments and building them into like, lo-fi holograms on the page yes yeah um was there a question in that the <laughs> the the statement is okay um scott is a comics experimentalist and it's worth visiting each of these projects 
But the newest one is Hologram Hunters, and it's available for everyone now on Kickstarter, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's the next step is like how people find it, right? Yeah. So uh, I I just launched just uh, a handful of days ago, launched uh, the Kickstarter for Hologram Hunter. Um, so yes. if you're, thank you. So if you're interested in a digital copy of the book um, or a physical copy of the book that comes with 3D glasses, or I also have these really cool tiers that come with a uh, 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 poster print and uh, or 3D printed models of the characters from the book, um, which was really cool to do. You mentioned to me in person at the last show, yeah, uh, that one of the reasons why you liked using SketchUp versus other programs for the 3D elements is you could yeah. take the model as a one-to-one -one and print the character out as a physical object straight from the digital realm, like yeah. a, a copy with no original. Yeah. Um, it's, that was kind of a, a, uh, an interesting sort of happenstance that it's not something I planned initially. I've been using SketchUp for a long time just cause, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's easy and it, it's fairly rudimentary. Um, and so it was, it was easy to learn, um, despite its difficulties with, uh, with, you know, trying to do more nuanced things or detailed things. Um, but it, it works well for this project. And then as a byproduct, I realized, oh, could could I take these models and print them out? And turns out I could. And I didn't even know that to start with. Um, so that was a cool, happy accident that uh, is partnering with a friend of mine, uh, Sean McLaughlin, uh, who's another, actually works uh, at uh, Martha Street Studio. So interesting coincidence there. Um, he has a 3D printer and he's been helping me out with 3D printing these figures. Um, yeah, but it's really cool because it's not an approximation of the character as a 3D model. It is the same character. It is the same model that I'm using illustrated in the book. It is pulled out of the page. Um, it's almost expanding on, you know, this whole sort of yeah, meta narrative of the physical world and the virtual world, but the virtual world is coming out of the page at you more, more presently than the real world. It's it's uh yeah unintentionally doing some some interesting kind of meta narrative stuff in that that's cool. that's amazing yeah. that's amazing so um justin has run a number of kickstarters and he has been at the back end of some of that stuff we've talked about that before um this is your first yes how did you approach crowdfunding how, why did you approach crowdfunding? Uh, because when we last talked to you, that wasn't the plan. You didn't really, you, you didn't, didn't have, know yet. You didn't have a, the, the finish line wasn't visualized yet. You didn't know how this was going to be coming into the world and distributed and, and everything that was still nebulous. But now Kickstarter, why, yeah. why Kickstarter? Um, this seemed like I've, I've been thinking about Kickstarter for a long time because it's, it's, you know, as a solo creator, you know, you work as, as a full-time artist, you work for months or years on a single project and then hope to eventually have that pay off when the book's out and paid for. Um, and, 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 you know, and people can start, you know, actually buying copies of the book. And so I've been thinking about Kickstarter for a long time as, as just a way to be able to support myself, you know, to, to be an artist full-time. Um, and I've kind of just been waiting for the right project to, to, do that first test um, of Kickstarter. And this seemed like the, the right time because this project is a standalone book. It's kind of got a unique twist to it with this 
uh, 2D art and 3D art mixed to it. And so it seemed like a good a, a good first try at Kickstarter that that seemed exciting and and uh, an easy thing to pitch to folks as something cool. Um, and yeah, so I got uh, in 2020, early 2020, I got a grant for Hologram Hunter from the Manitoba Arts Council, which was incredible. Um, and and I yeah feel so lucky that I was uh, not only that I got that grant, but that I also got that grant in 2020 that was a little uncertain for all of us in terms of commissions and doing conventions and being a full-time artist. So it was really nice to have that during that time. And right. that helped fund uh, early production of the book to build up the story, build out assets. Yes. I would, I think it's important to point out because we have some international listeners, how in Canada the grant bodies work. And I think just in general, the quickest way to sum it up is that because your work is considered experimental, yes. it is not necessarily considered commercial. But because the Canadian Arts Council doesn't want all art to be always commercial first and art second, they yeah. provide funding so that people can do experiments that will help push their careers forward, their artistic practice forward, and their skill sets forward. And yes. so developing artists can ask for money that they can't get from a publisher in order to produce a work that they might not be able to sell to a publisher, but it was still worthwhile to have created. It yes. stabilizes the, the art life. Yes. Uh, if you're an international listener who is like, that doesn't seem fair, um, Canada is always accepting new residents. So feel yeah. free to come on. <laughs> the Spanish Galleon plays host to a myriad of colorful fish that SeaWorld has assembled from the different oceans of the world. I pitched this to the Manitoba Arts Council and and uh, yeah they they were on board with this project um, because it's yeah is it's a it's a style I've never tried before it's a whole new sort of pipeline of, of producing art and it was something that I wanted to experiment with and and I didn't know what shape it was going to take at that point um, and so that was yeah it was, it was it was awesome to have that funding to able to yeah, experiment with this this whole new style and and kind of format of illustration and making comics. And um, yeah, so I worked on that through 2020 uh, and then on and off uh, more into 2021 and 2022, uh, obviously with the pandemic fluctuating my priorities and, and having to, you know, uh, work on other commissions and, and other projects, uh, as well as navigating, you know, conventions coming back. Um, and now finally, the book is uh, almost done, and it's taken shape into the form of this, uh, this one shot graphic novel um, that, uh, that, yeah, that's now on, on Kickstarter to, to fund specifically the printing of the books, book itself, not the creation, not the production of the Comic. Right, because you you're starting this Kickstarter with a basically a finished, ready to print book. There's no will this be finished? Will yeah. this be an actual thing? Question in your campaign. The work is done. Mm -hmm. Right? Is there like it's it's almost done? I have a few pages yeah. left. Yeah, okay. I'm working. I'm working on those final pages. Um, but yeah, it is it is it is right at the finish line there. Which is kind of nice because like a Kickstarter campaign is a lot of work and yeah. having to balance like the the deadline of a project with 
the the burden of a Kickstarter campaign can be a lot, uh, especially for like somebody like you who's doing this, you know, all yourself, writing and the art and and production and and everything. Justin, you're speaking from some experience. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I, and like I knew this. People had told me like don't like don't try to do both. Don't try to finish the project and do the campaign at the same time. It's too much work. Just concentrate on the campaign. When that's done, go back to finishing the book or blah, blah, blah. And it's still, it was so, it was so much more overwhelming than, than I expected because you, you spend all this time building this campaign. And while it's up, you really need to be your own marketing team, right? You need to be posting about it constantly, going on podcasts like this, advertising it from every yeah. place that you can think of. And it's nonstop for those 30 days um, because yeah, you're coming into that period, the dark, the dark period of your Kickstarter campaign is coming up where the middle, where it just, things die in the middle and nothing mm -hmm. happens for a while. And we all, we are all told this is going to happen, but it always like, still, it's like a punch to your soul when yeah. you funds your project for a old, couple of days. That old school comics people will appreciate this, that you spend the first, you, Scott spent the last two years or so being Jack Kirby. Now you have to spend 30 days being Stan Lee. <laughs> right? It's the greatest project ever in the history yeah. of comics ever. Buy yeah, it no. for a limited time. I, I definitely feel that. And I've been trying to mentally prepare myself and 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 uh, talking to folks uh, who have done Kickstarters previously and, and learning that kind of, uh, that, uh, that that those those highs and lows that you go through i've been trying to mentally prepare myself for for yeah for yeah having having good days and bad days Rolling yes up. now you worked on a project called slug blaster like yes. uh, hoverboards and laser guns it has been that's right so slug blaster is a uh tabletop arch rpg rule book um that is like if you don't know what that means dear listeners you know think of playing Dungeons and Dragons, but with a different uh, aesthetic around it. So this is uh, a rule book uh, designed, written and, and designed by Mikey Ham. Um, and uh, yeah, he commissioned me to do a bunch of artwork for the book, uh, for this rule book that is uh, a world of teenagers on hoverboards sneaking out of their house late at night to go uh, interdimension hopping and fight space aliens and and uh, yeah all kind of uh, fun multiverse hijinks um, so yeah I got some good advice from from Mikey who did a kickstarter and I believe his first kickstarter for uh, that book uh, uh, slug blaster um, yeah so it's it's been great learning from folks and I'm super feel super fortunate that I can uh talk to folks uh yeah who, who have a you know pretty close relationship with about how their kickstarters went and learning from them and and you know just trying trying the best i can we love that you're getting support but we want our dear listener to hear some of this advice what's some good advice you have received from some of these folks for the first kickstarter um, of any sort there's lots of right. options we don't have to say Ooh, yeah that's a that's a big question but i think some good advice that i got from mikey was don't worry too much about stretch goals and i think that was good advice because i was because you see that on a lot of kickstarters of you know these really 
lengthy stretch goals. And, and I think that can work for you if you have, you know, a, a huge following, but it, you know, if you're, I've got, I've got a good following and I'm really happy for the following that I have on social media, but it's not like massive. Um, and so I think, you know, if you're coming into it with moderate expectations, worrying, you know, those stretch goals was something I was really uh, sort of losing sleep over because it seemed like a necessity, but I didn't know what it would be. And I was trying to do the numbers on, on, you know, what stretch goals, you know, could, could fit with the project and then how that changes my budget. But then kind of that advice from Mikey that it's not that big a deal kind of really helped me solidify and focus on the mean potatoes of like, this is about the book. This is about this graphic novel and printing this book and, uh, you know, shipping it with 3D glasses and really focusing on that rather than worrying about these sort of pie in the sky ideas that might not even get funded that that would completely restructure my campaign. So I think that was good advice. Um, and I still have a few stretch goals in there as well, but they don't, they're not, you know, 100% essential. And uh, if I don't meet those stretch goals, uh, obviously it would be fantastic because one of them is uh, uh, custom printed 3D glasses, which would be really awesome with the book. Um, but uh, yeah, not 100% necessary, um, you know. And I think in an increasingly, um, the platform of publishing is moving to crowdfunding to find their niches and to set their print runs. And I, myself, the big stretch goal I look for is in the description, this book is finished and ready to print. That's the only stretch goal I'm interested in as a person backing it, yeah. right? Is it done? Can I get it? Yeah. And that is hard, I think, for uh, new people coming to crowdfunding. The heyday, the golden age of crowdfunding where you could ask for money to finish something Mm -hmm. I think it's not quite what it used to be. Too many people got hurt. Too many people took the money and ran. I think, yeah, it, it was it was the Wild West and people paid for it on literally. both sides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally paid for it. And so now a project like Hologram Hunter, which I've seen with my own eyes, you know, completed. And I've held so many of your completed cool works. I yeah. The listener, like, don't sleep on this one. Daddy, Daddy, look at this. I feel pretty confident in in this project. You know, I've this isn't my first book. I've I've been making comics for over ten years now, and I've you know, and I've printed them. I've finished the book, and I've printed it, and I've I've made sure it uh, yeah it follows through to the end. Um, okay, um, so you've done other books before, as we've we've talked about, mm -hmm. and so when this Kickstarter is is funded, as we know it's going to be, what you're at. This this podcast won't come out for a couple of days after, but I think you're at seventy six percent right now. Something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, it feels it's pretty good. It got Where over it got over fifty percent funded within the first twenty four hours, yeah. um, which was really encouraging. Again, as my first Kickstarter, I had no idea what to expect, and and you know I was trying to stay hopeful, but you know trying to. Uh, trying to stay realistic and not overly, uh, yeah, trying to be cautiously optimistic. Um, so yeah, that was really encouraging to see it uh, uh, fi over 50% funded within the first 24 hours and it's still going strong. Yeah. Um, and we're only, you know, six days in and we're, you know, we're more than three quarters of the way there. 
But jumping ahead to the more exciting part, the Kickstarter's done, it's been fulfilled, and now yes. you have books in hand. What is yes. the plan once you have some inventory in your in your house? What's what's next? Uh, well, uh, chipping out uh, rewards for all the backers for sure. Um, and uh, honestly, I hadn't thought <laughs> much about that yet. I mean, like I'll be my my usual uh my usual schedule uh you know on a yearly basis is you know doing the convention circuit and uh and taking the book across the country and exhibiting uh with my booth at a variety of comic cons and festivals and expos um and so we'll certainly be there um i'd like to do a book launch a nice formal book launch here in winnipeg at you know like mcnally robinson or or other places um so yeah uh, yeah i guess if i'm being honest i hadn't thought that too far yet i'm kind of <laughs> taking it one i feel like i'm still climbing that mountain and trying to just keep you know look staring at my feet taking it one day at a time focusing on the now uh focusing on on finishing those last pages of the book and uh making sure that the the campaign is still going strong um, I think an important uh, and sobering note uh, shouted by uh, Lyndon, our, uh, who is doing some logistics over in the corner, is to remind you that many bookstores, including our um, hallowed McNally Robinson, <laughs> avoids doing book launches for books that were kickstarted. Interesting. I didn't know Don't that. mention that part when you go to get it go for your launch just tell them this is your new book no no need to mention that it was kickstarted why is that ah uh, we don't know well i know <laughs> i had not heard that before the stated reason is what if the people who backed the book show up to the launch they already have the book what are they going to buy not recognizing that many people don't back the book because they don't even understand what a crowdfunding campaign is and they would only show up at the legitimized book launch to buy the physical copy. So there's a there's a value in getting people in their store. Yeah. However, I see. Yeah. If you are one of the lovely employees of our one of our favorite independent bookstores here in Winnipeg, McNally Robertson, uh, know that we love you and we have appreciated all of your support. But in this one arena, we are somewhat flabbergasted as to the decision-making process. It could simply be that there are a lot of books getting done that way. And if they don't have a gate locked up, then they will have a flood and no, won't know how to uh, different. Huh. So I think that's a part of the market that we're gonna see stores figuring out. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, if, you're, if you're listening, McNally Robinson or, or, or Bookster- And we know uh, that some concerned. of you there are- um, I think most of my backers so far are outside of Winnipeg. So take take that for what you will. Yeah, take that. Um, um, but yeah, the what I appreciate about your point of view is, listen, I made the book and then my first um, real responsibility is to send it to everyone who backs it. Yeah. And whatever copies I have left over, I'm going to take them and sell them at the places where my other fans are the people who have supported me at shows all these years. Yeah. And if there's any left over after that, well, I guess the rest of the public can have it, but where were you when I needed you? <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I, it's, uh, it's I, I guess I'm still in a bit of disbelief of like, you know, 
working on this book and 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 launching a Kickstarter, it's all it all still feels like a whirlwind that that uh, that I still feel caught in the middle of. And so um, I'm still uh, I'm still sort of getting my sea legs in it all and and making sense of it. And and once you know the dust settles and it's like, okay, is this thing good? Is this good? Are we all good? It's like, okay, now I can start you know thinking about uh, yeah, uh, larger distribution or anything like that. Um, again, one step at a time. Was was this and, and trying not to bite off more than I can chew. It's always, yeah, always good to to try to do that. Rarely happens, but always good to yeah. try, right? Under promise, yeah. over deliver. Yeah. Um, was this project um, like on a pretty tight deadline, a lot of pressure to get things, like were there some, I wanted to ask you about like the the deadlines, that deadline rush. I haven't had hmm. one in a while. I've kind of been craving like a big deadline rush of a project. And did you experience that with um, with this book, getting it in on time, getting the campaign ready in time, was it? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. And I feel like I've I've learned over the years, or I like to think that I've learned with with setting my expectations accordingly and realizing that uh, if something doesn't meet an arbitrary deadline that I've just set in my own brain for arbitrary reasons, it's not the end of the world, and no one else knows that that deadline exists. You know, obviously there are real deadlines where other people are relying on you that are important. Um, and uh, things like, you know, working within the, the Manitoba Arts Council grant and thinking about their deadlines was, was certainly something I was, I was thinking about and conscious of and wanted to respect uh, in, during deep in production uh, in 2020. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like initially I wanted to launch the Kickstarter in uh, mid to late April uh, so that because that was when I was that was my first convention of the year at the end of April uh, at uh, Calgary Expo and Saskatoon Expo the weekend after that and so I was like oh this is perfect I almost have all my ducks in a row I'm going to launch the Kickstarter and then I can promote it hey Kickstarter is brand new out now at those expos on top of all didn't the quite... pressure of getting ready for those expos. Yes. Um, spoiler alert, it didn't work, right? <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. And it's fine. It's not the end of the world. I think I think realizing that it's uh it's 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 fine is is good. And it's something again, something that I'm learning over the years is uh and something that uh I think it was uh JP Ho, a local musician, said um at one of his concerts, don't sweat the small stuff. Um, and it's all small stuff. And and that's something I think about increasingly is 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 realizing, yeah, realizing that it is all small stuff. Because um, at the end of the day today, what we're talking about, these high stake, the high stake world of making comic books for a living, like really, I think if you can just wrap your head around, like we're not that special. These are not earth shattering events. This is just storytelling and it'll come as it comes and that's fine. And what a privileged position we are in to make it in the first place. 100%. Yeah. At the, you really, I regularly remind myself, like I'm making comic books, like calm down is what I tell myself. <laughs> it's like, what? Like I'm not performing heart surgery here. Someone's life isn't on the line. Oh, damn dolphins. What the hell are they doing? I don't know. 
they've been acting strange for the last two days. So, given that your Kickstarter has got the majority of its funding, yes, got a good stretch going. One of the things you mentioned before the podcast began, which both Justin and I thought was such a great plan, and I see now where it came from. It came out of the failure to launch when you wanted. Now you've chosen the end date to have the same magical function of being overlapping with the show. Why don't you uh, yeah. give, give a plug for that show and what that plan is? I think it's it's so clever. So the last days of the campaign, um, which is 26 days from now, will coincide with uh, ICON, uh, which is our anime convention here in Winnipeg, A-I-K-O-N. Um, and uh, yeah, so that when I'm at that event tabling in person and people are buying artwork and zines and comics and, and graphic novels and manga, I can say, hey, I also have this Kickstarter on and this is the last day you can get it. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how that works out. I think it seemed like a good plan and that uh, you know they recommend for your Kickstarter campaign to run about 30 days. And so that lines up accordingly with that. It's not ending too soon or too late. Um, so yeah, again, it's all it's all an experiment. That's what this feels like. Is is you know with this with this book with this story with this three D format with doing a Kickstarter for the first time. It's all experimentation and it's all fairly low stakes to see how it turns out. Um, and uh, I'm eager to. I'm eager to see it all through to the end uh, with, you know, hopeful expectations. Um, but yeah, it's take what I learned to the next project. They might have higher stakes. Speaking of which, like might be a little too early to ask because you are, like you said, you're six days into the campaign, but for your yeah. next book project, do you think Kickstarter again? I, that is something I'm definitely thinking about. Uh, something that, uh, well, with my next book projects, those are very, up in the air how those are going to format. I'm working on a, a uh, I'm deep in the, in, in the weeds on, on a long form horror graphic novel. And I've been, I've been working on that for a very long time. And that above all my projects is, I want this to take as long as it needs to develop because it feels the most personal and it feels the most, nuanced of all my books so it's like if that takes 20 years to write so be it that is my far back burner project but then I also have a longer form more fantasy adventure story kind of like what I'm dubbing my my uh, next arc land quote unquote as my next big fantasy adventure story that I'm not sure if that's going to be a one-off graphic novel or a trilogy or maybe that'll be a weekly thing that I submit to Webtoons. I don't really know yet. I'm still early in developing that and writing the story. And that's all post-Hologram Hunter decisions. Um, but as for my next printed project, I am actually thinking of finally printing Boreal. <gasps> Boreal was my uh, weekly comic that was released in the University of Manitoba student newspaper that was, yeah, it was printed in their newspaper and was also available free to read online. And you can read it for free right now on my website, scottafordart.com. Um, but it's never been in print as a finished collection. So I was thinking that would be a great opportunity and very similar 
uh, actually almost better than Hologram Hunter, that is done. That is 100% done. Um, to do the book, I would, you know, tweak where the lettering, you know, kind of resize some stuff like that. But it is, you know, 100% finished comic. Um, and so, yeah, maybe that'll be my next Kickstarter is, and, and again, more of it as an experiment as like, hey, this is done and it's been done for a long time. And I feel like that that project was a success. So this is more so like if people want this in print and, you know, then that Kickstarter can be successful. But if it's not successful, then that's fine. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not. Done, yeah. What's that? The work's done. It's not like you're other than building yeah. a campaign. You didn't. Yeah. And I was and I was paid for that work when I when I was hired by the Manitoban to make that comic. So that like that's all that's all fine and and done. It doesn't have it doesn't feel like it it needs a successful Kickstarter to deem that story and that artwork a successful project. Um, and uh, yeah, so maybe that'll be my next uh, experimentation with crowdfunding. Um, I find that's uh, like when when building the the campaign for for crowdfunding along with the book it felt like my marketing game leveled up several several times just being forced to not just finish the book and print it but make all this marketing material to go with it for the campaign yeah. and so even if the next couple of books don't go to kickstarter i feel like the 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 skills that you you gained making this big elaborate campaign are going to help your next project so so much well and this actually leads us to a nice closer a good parenthetical to wrap <laughs> up because one of the things you do when you're making your marketing materials is you have to be able to sum up the project as succinctly as possible yeah for the person who then says yes that is for me so why don't you for the sake of our dear listeners tell us what is hologram hunters as a story and why it was interesting to you as a story. And I think that's a great beat for us to go out. Yeah, uh, Hologram Hunter is a one-off graphic novel, uh, a sci-fi adventure story. Half the book is 2D illustration, half the book is 3D anaglyph illustration. Um, it follows a nameless protagonist wandering a desolate city uh, with this uh, robotic parasitic threat uh, kind of lurking around each corner. And uh, he has to virtually enter the hive mind of these creatures to find the source of uh, their spread and uh, try to eliminate it. And it is uh, it is a very moody story. Uh, the The character doesn't even have a name. It is it is just about this this slice of a strange world and a strange place and a strange concept. Um, and and a lot is left to uh, the mystery, the greater mystery of how this world functions, and you're and you're offered this glimpse into the rules and the setting, and uh, it's all it's all about atmosphere, and and just soaking it all in. Amazing. Well, if you um, are listening to this and you have not already opened a browser window and googled Hologram Hunter Kickstarter, shame on you because you should, <laughs> and you should definitely back it. I will also suggest that if you do back the book, um, most of the projects that we've talked about here today on the Kickstarter are also available as a $5 digital comics bundle. That's right. Uh, which you can add on at the end of the, which I thought was genius. When Thank I was, you for noticing. Yeah, so good. It's really smart. 
because the work's already done and here I'll prove it to you and here take a look at all these yep. other components I did. That's so great. So this is uh, GMB Kamichuk and now you know all know what that stands for also. <laughs> Encouraging you all to join the fight and make comics. Thank you.